0: You're listening to Experts in Their Field, a podcast from the Agricultural Science Association,
1: generously sponsored by Ulster Bank. Hello listeners. My name is Amory Butler and I'm the president of the Agricultural Science Association. I'm delighted to welcome you to this episode 10 in our podcast series Experts in Their Field. In this episode, Council Member Neve Bambrick was delighted to catch up with UCD graduate Anya Kinsella of Tara Hill Flowers. Anya brings listeners on a most interesting journey from her degree in UCD to her extensive international experience and now as entrepreneur in her native Wexford. Anya details the power of a good mentor, the importance of family, and evolving priorities as life progresses. On behalf of ASA, we wish Anya, Pat, and their family the very best for the future. Hello, listeners. My name is Neve Bambrick, and I'm an ASA council member. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Anya Kinsler of Tara Hill Flowers in this next episode of our ASA podcast series, "Experts in Their Field." Hi, Anya. How are you? And thanks for joining us.
0: Hi, Neve, and thanks so much for asking me to do this podcast.
1: Um, Well, I suppose, Anya, the foundation stone is the beginning of everything in life. So you might talk us through your early years and a bit about your background.
0: So I was born in in Castletown in North County Wexford uh, on the coast. I'm the eldest of five children to John and Catherine Kinsla. There's four girls and we have one baby brother. Well, he'll always be the baby brother. And we grew up on a dairy farm. My mother was a a primary school teacher in a local school where my kids actually go to school now. We had a great childhood, very, you know, typical childhood where a lot of emphasis was put on education. And we were, my mum was very much an advocate of getting us involved in loads of activities. So she was constantly on the road, shipping us around to everything, piano, music, you know, drama, dancing. So we got every opportunity that we possibly we have. I'm currently living, I'm back living down in, in near Castletown in a place called Tara Hill, where I live with my, my husband, Pat, and our two children, uh, Darren and Dara. And Darren is 10 and Dara is 8. We live we lived in Dublin for um, most of our married life. We met actually in an interesting way. We had a great story how we met. I was living abroad at the time we actually met on the airplane. But what was interesting about the two of us is that we had both been in ag science and uh, Pat was a year behind me. I was living abroad at the time in Oslo and uh, so it kind of started from there and we lived in Dublin when we got married and then we um, made the decision about two, three uh, three years ago to move down the country and we kind of thought about a number of different areas of where we wanted to live and we looked at different scenarios and but ultimately we wanted to be close to our own our family and that was either Cork where Pat's from or Wexford where uh, I'm from so when we narrowed it down this is an interesting way of selecting a house I said well if we're going to Wexford we need to have the kids that they can play for the local GAA club which is Castletown Lee Mellows and I said they'll go to three schools or the catchment area for that club Castletown, Tower Hill, and Colgraney and I said we'll get a we look for something with that's in those catchment areas, so that's where we how we've ended up in Wexford.
1: A strong GA household, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Grace, definitely a, a, an interesting way of meeting Pat as well, especially yeah. today when there's no flights or anything going. It's it's very different yeah. from how people are yeah. meeting today, anyway. And what's funny is we we we,
0: we got a, I wasn't due to I I was living in Oslo at the time and I was due to fly back to Oslo after holidays. But when I got to the airport, there was no ticket for me at the airport um, and I was on a flight to Stockholm because I had to go to Stockholm the next morning. And um, last minute I got the a final call to switch flights and I was the last person on the plane and I ended up sitting beside him on the plane. So there you go. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. So I suppose given you're on the ASA podcast, you obviously um studied ag science in college um so do you want to talk us through your, your college college years and how that went for you?
0: Uh yes, I went to St. Mary's School in Arklow and then from that I went to UCD to study Ag Science. And I suppose I went a little bit kind of not knowing really what I wanted to do or Uh, what areas I wanted to get involved in. But from a college experience, I I really enjoyed UCD. I had a great group of friends who are still my group of friends today. Obviously, I talk about friends before I talk about the education. But very early on, I realized that I, I was interested more in the kind of food side of the of the course. So I ended up doing um, ag and food eng tech engineering. We were the second year, I think, because when they divided up the courses. We were the second year to do that. So we worked, we did our courses a lot in uh, Fort Terrace with the food and ag engineering students. So we were a little bit away from the ag block some of the time, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a great course and very interesting, and I I really enjoyed it.
1: Brilliant. Um, I suppose on you just looking here and I I've I've looking at your career. Um. Over the last numerous years, you have a very extensive and broad career. Um, So you might talk us through some of it from when you came out of college and to to where you are today.
0: Yeah, so I graduated in in 95 and we were the second group of this Ag and Food Engineering Technology. And so I applied like everyone else for all the graduate courses, which were kind of only in their infancy really at that time. But I was very fortunate to be accepted onto the Abomore graduate program. There was three of us at the time and two, two other guys they were they were ag and food engineering students and we had um, it was a, a graduate program that was very much looking at um, obviously the food industry but it was sponsored by Enterprise Ireland it was part funded by Enterprise Ireland so as part of that we had a course that was hooked up with UCC so we ended up um, meeting other fellow graduates who had signed up with other food industries uh, once a month um, all around the country. So we had a great time in our first year working. So I, I can highly, uh, I look back on that time very fondly. Um, and then I worked through, you know, I stayed at Avonmore for a couple of years and then I went traveling and I came back then and I worked with Dun Stores in their buying office. And from Dun Stores, then I really got my, a big opportunity to work for uh, Stat Oil in, in Ireland to head up their whole food to go ca- um, category. And at that point, the whole food to go side of The food industry was only really getting going, and at that time, that oil had about 60 locations in Ireland, about 40, sorry, about 40 locations in Ireland, and they were looking to, I suppose, develop that, and I was in the right place at the right time, really, and got in some really good consultants from around the world, and we had some serious investment, so we were able to kind of put a lot of work into achieving kind of the driving on that whole food to go and food to go category, and so... From there then, um, in Do- Ireland, I had an opportunity then to go to Oslo uh, to head up the European concept development business within Statoil, which was very interesting. Um, so I worked across nine markets and basically led a kind of the strategy and the food to go category development in um, the nine markets where Statoil had, they had their fuel stations. So that was all very interesting and Challenging, and you know, and basically, it was in an oil industry that was looking to implement a food uh, program. So they had a very um, process-driven systems within the oil industry, just with regards to how they operate anyway, and um, and that's up their upstream business. But we were very much the downstream business, which was a whole new kind of business for them. And really, they embraced it, and they gave us all the funding that we needed, and all brilliant opportunities to kind of develop and to allow the business to develop. So I was really very, very fortunate. And I worked with some very interesting people at that time that have gone on to have some amazing careers. I mean, I'm very fortunate. They were my mentors and they still are, um, but some of them are, um, have some really fascinating careers. The current, the head of StatOil oil in Europe at the time was a fellow called Jakob Scram, who's currently the head of Norwegian Airways. So he's a, an, um, nice guy and my oh my one of my biggest um mentors is a guy called michael mccormick who's head of musgrave marketplace in ireland at the moment and so
1: yeah,
0: yeah they've all been great pals and
1: yeah so you've you've spoken there i suppose on you um a bit about mentors so obviously um as you said mentors play a key um role in your career what is your view on mentors in um in a person's career path?
0: Well, I would definitely advocate um that everyone at, at some stage, at different stages of their careers, they should have a mentor or someone that they can talk to outside of their day to day work. For me, it was really important. I mean, my family, my parents don't come from a business environment and, you know, you're dealing with scenarios, personalities, you know, very political environments and how to maneuver those and how to kind of get around those situations I think it's really important that you learn from people who have experience of that and I think it's important that you um, you put time into spending time with mentors and uh, in learning from them and asking them for advice I think asking for advice is very important and uh, you should be able to uh, take the advice and, and move on from it you know.
1: Definitely yeah even even myself in in my early career because I'm only in the first few years I, I definitely find mentors exactly like you said a, a key role and like that even if the advice is bad you're better to hear it. Um, to yeah totally to, to yeah. To move on. So I suppose on in 2014 you set up Be A Nua um, so tell us a little bit about Be A
0: Well Be A came about, Be A Nua Consulting came about by myself and my business partner Neve Duffy. we we had um, small children at the time and we were really weren't able to kind of feel that we could work within a corporate environment. So we uh, we set up b Consulting and it's a it was a food consulting agency that we um, focus on taking insight right through to innovation for our, uh, customers. So we had uh, Neve. um was very much involved in the whole manufacturing side. And I was involved in the marketing and the concept development and seeing products right through to fruition. And um, so we had, um, I primarily work um, in the agency out of New York, uh, Joe Bona, who has been very good to me over the years. And we very much focus on the petroleum food to go uh, side of the business. So I've worked with him on, the, on projects in Hungary and Romania, kind of Slovakia, all the Eastern European projects. I've worked on projects with um, on Shell in the US. Um, I've worked with um, a project out in Abu Dhabi. And this is all very much around petroleum companies who are looking to implement new store concepts and trying to give them the know-all or the wherewithal to kind of how to set it up and how to get it act- alive in their businesses. Um, because the, as I said earlier on, the fuel industry is—they're not the food industry—and it's a very different kind of skill set required. So it's kind of guiding them through um, creating that or giving them that skill set uh, to survive, to to thrive, I should say.
1: Fantastic. Um, and I suppose you're you're a bit of an entrepreneur then in a sense, um, as well. So you recently set up Tara Hill Flowers. Um, talk to us a bit about Tara Hill Flowers.
0: We had moved to Wexford in in 2019 and very clearly um, it became clear that, you know, both myself and my husband, Pat, we weren't in a position to be traveling all the time and leaving the house and traveling, you know, more than an hour, two hours away from home and the kids in school, you know, five minutes away. So we we had started kind of the discussions about um, what are we going to or how are we going to uh, transfer some of our careers or move our careers? around and um when we bought our, our house we had looked for some land with the house so it was between um we said between two and ten acres so we got um, our our house has 2.7 acres of land with some stables so obviously the obvious thing to say would we get horses to kind of put in there but we were we, none of us are interested in horses so um we were going to put cows in there for a while our cattle and all the sheep was suggested at one stage which i totally um so we kind of looked for something that would actually work for us in, in uh, around the house, you know, that I wouldn't have to travel as much. I had a bit of a light bulb moment because one morning I had to take a six o'clock flight to Birmingham and, and I got up at six four four o'clock in the morning and I legged it to, to Dublin Airport and over to Birmingham. I didn't get home till 10.30 that night and I just said, oh, that's it, Like this isn't sustainable long-term for us. And um, the kids would minders all the time and it, it just wasn't. Sustainable. So we made some changes. So what I had done was I had looked at. I was quite interested, and I had taken some time and gone to a career coach and um, just to talk through kind of ideas or what were options were kind of available to me. And um, I had told her that I was interested in, in floral arranging. That might sound a bit old fashioned, but I liked kind of decorating the house at Christmas and you know making buying flowers and turning them into funny things. And uh, so she suggested maybe would you consider growing flowers. So at that point, I started looking at, um, you know, online and seeing what other people were doing or was it possible. And I came across a, a company or a flower farmer in the UK and I followed her and I got in touch with her. And she basically guided me to do a flower course in Ireland with a company called Leitrim Flowers up in, in County Leitrim. With them. And um, so I went into that course and I. And I came out of it saying, okay, we can do this on our piece of land. It's not, you know, you don't need a huge amount of land for it, but it's like very hard work and what we can do this. So I ordered, so I came home and said, we're going to order a polytunnel. So I did that last January and I had ordered seeds in February. And then we went into lockdown and then it was like my other contracts from the consulting side of the business um, had stopped. So they dried up completely um, I had a couple of projects that they stopped, so I had all this free time, and I had uh, kids around the house, so I needed to get out. So I started sowing seeds on the sixteenth of March in twenty twenty, and Tara Hill Flowers started from there.
1: Um, I suppose just to take it back to a bit of what you said, um, Anya, a lot of people might see that as kind of compromising your career for the sake of you know, a better work-life balance and a family balance, um, whereas how do you see that? And like, let's maybe talk us through a bit of the commercial reality of Tyre Hill Fowler. So is it actually compromising your career as such?
0: Yeah, so it, it, that's a very good question because, you know, I've worked over 25 years at this stage with, a, you know, a fairly really, in a really good career environment. And, to make a choice to kind of step back and kind of say you're going to be home based, it does take um, a little bit of time to kind of adjust. And, and this career coach, then when I went to talk to her at first, one of the interesting things she said to me, she said, "I think you should just take six months off and assess, you know, yourself." And I said, "Absolutely, under no circumstances." And um, was that going to happen? But what I ultimately I did do it. I took I took a few weeks to kind of settle in my head, but I did do it. And what it definitely opened up is that there is a lot more going on in life than work as well, like things that I felt I was missing out on, especially with the kids, because they were of an age where the role was of a of myself as a moment was moving from a very functional role in terms of making sure they had food, making sure that they had clothes wear, making sure you know that they were looked after. Where now there was very much more engagement coming from them. And so more kind of nurturing and more kind of mentoring was required for them in terms of listening to them, you know, hearing what they were saying, kind of being more available to them is what I felt was happening. And and I kind of came to the senses that I needed to be around a little bit more um for them during this time. And so we kind of that kind of drove me to with a little to be a little bit more comfortable with my decision. I know from a a financial point of view definitely there was sacrifices made but what Tar Heel Flowers has allowed me to do or what it has allowed me to see is you know there is opportunity it might be a slower burner over a period of time but you know if there is commercial opportunity in that and it's just going to take a bit of time and with that time I, I still am able to collect my kids from school drop them to school I'm able to you know bring them to some of their activities and still, I'm able to, you know, generate an income for myself at the moment, albeit small. I need to add, but you know, if, but the opportunity is there to let that grow.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic to see um, someone like yourself linking linking the two together, and exactly like you say, continuing on your career just just in a different path. Um I suppose Tar Hill Flowers has grown um, a good bit since, probably you could say since since COVID started. Um, so you're shipping flowers all over the country. What is your kind of your brand image or what is the direction that you see Hill flowers as such going um, and what do you pride yourselves on?
0: So um, so one of our big things is all our flowers are 100% grown on the slopes of Hill uh, beside us uh, with just three ingredients, um, the seed, the soil and the seasons. And we try and operate to organic methods we're not organic or organic principles i should say we're not organic but we try and keep it as natural as possible and everything around the flowers we're trying to build a kind of sustainable um message around them like we're using all um repurposed packaging is all um totally 100 percent compostable uh, we're using making our own compost we're um we're using um, with all the bees. We have Tara Honey located side. So we're we're picking flowers that are suitable for bees in terms of pollination. Um, we're collecting water, um, to help with the irrigation of the of the flowers, and we're trying to grow as much of them outside as possible. Like I don't. If we wanted to. We don't want to put a huge amount of polytunnels around the location either. You know, we have one polytunnel um, and we want to try and grow as many of them outside as possible um, in a natural environment. So we at the moment, it's kind of a unique principle because there's only flowers available for a fixed period of time during the year. Like I don't have flowers in the wintertime. But, you know, I'd like the way I envisage it is a bit like the Wexford strawberries. They have a window of, um, you know, when you get the best strawberries in Wexford where I'd like it to go is that you get the same of you in time. Consumers will, will think of flowers and they'll say Irish grown flowers are available only for a fixed period of time during the mm. year. And that's when you should be buying them rather than buying imported flowers. You know, it's a whole new venture. And like, I'm not an expert in, in, in a horticultural expert, but I'm learning by doing and I'm just doing it every day to keep it going, you know, and trying to, you know, see, can we, get something that's a, a sustainable business model that suits um, ourselves and our family, you know, that allows us to keep working and having a little bit of a financial independence.
1: It's a, it's a brilliant story. I suppose, Anya, you've kind of talked us through the different decisions that you've, you've made and obviously, um, you know, setting up Be Nua to begin with and then even Tara Hill Flowers. They're very big decisions to make, how important was it for you just to sit back and actually make that decision?
0: Yeah, so I I, I definitely, you know, it's very easy to say working for somebody. But when you get a taste of working for yourself, it's very hard to consider going back and working in industry again. It's Well, for me, it was. I can only speak for myself and all of this. It's, it's very hard to consider it, uh, going back and working in industry again. But I definitely find that you can you can procrastinate you can talk about and think about ideas and you have them rolling around your head and you know like before I landed on flowers I had about a hundred ideas going on and you just keep trolling these around in your head and if you're of that kind of if you're that way inclined at all you will always kind of just keep tipping away tipping away tipping away but the big thing I would say is you have to make a decision so you have to decide one way or the other that you're going to actually do something and with that takes commitment and a bit of bravery and a little bit of oh i haven't you know i'm not sure i'm not 100 and i and i think you just have to aim for 100 percent and be happy with 80 um if it goes like that but the most important thing is actually just making a decision and moving forward from that and once the decision is made, then you can make another decision. Whether that was, you know, if it was the right or wrong one, you can decide then and change your course again. But just make the decision. And a bit like Tara Flowers, we made the decision to do it. And then when lockdown or COVID—I mean, COVID helped our decision in terms of it just gave me so much time to invest in it and to get it all set up. So I've probably been able to do about three years' work in in six months in terms of uh, giving myself that time to. To establish the business. But what it's allowed me to do in that is to identify, you know, that there is a, probably a sustainable business here and then there's an opportunity to grow this business over time as well. But like that, it's all about just making that actual decision and moving forward from that decision. So for me, just think about it. You can give yourself all the time to think about things, but then like you just gotta make a decision, move on and move on to the next one and keep going, just keep going forward. Never look back, and so it's fine, myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great mentality to have in life, definitely. Um, I suppose then the future, Anya, looking from here on. I know it's a it's a bit out there, given COVID and everything. But, um, where do you see the future for yourself and Pat and the kids? You might get Pat into a Wexford jersey soon enough. Um, <laughs> where where do you see the future going?
0: Um. So we, what we, what I do think is that we have a. I'm very comfortable at this stage that we have a flower farm business, um, and it's something that we can kind of grow on and that we can develop. Pat has he's busy in his own right. Um, so I kind of being around a little bit more around the home, just makes it all a bit more manageable. Our 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 lifestyle, um, to kind of keep the whole the ships and um, balls in the air, as they say. Uh, so I can see me going back on an airplane again or traveling again in the near future which is kind of a big decision to make for me at the moment anyway so at this moment in time I can see us you know being based in Tarry Hill and developing Tarre Hill flowers getting the kids healthily through school and you know managing our time there.
1: That sounds fantastic, Anya. Um, I suppose one thing that I'd like to ask you, in a sense, is now that you're working from home um as such, working for yourself on your own, how important is it for you to continue networking um within your career? Because you know you're you're self employed and also to continue upskilling yourself with regards to education or different courses that kind of thing. How important is that to you and was that to you throughout your career?
0: Um, Yeah, I was very fortunate when I finished up in UCD. I went on the graduate program. We were um, part of the program was a a program with UCC. So and that continued with me in the early part of my career. And then I went on to do the diploma in um, the marketing graduate program in DIT then when I was in Dublin. And then I was lucky enough to get to the London Business School when I was in Oslo. So I've continued to kind of invest in career, in education. And once you get into the workforce, then it's very hard to kind of keep studying. I had considered doing an MBA um, for a while. But, you know, when I was living in Oslo, I kind of I was living an MBA a little bit, you know. I mean, we were on such a cutting edge of stuff. We were kind of making decisions very much like what an MBA program would be asking or teaching you what to do you know so I um what I do rate education is really important and um, to constantly keep learning constantly keep you know meeting and exposing yourself to people who are you know have just information and just learning about different things all the time and um, I think that's really really important and as part of my career as have gone on, I've joined different networks and some people, you know, networking can be a bit of a, a bore or a trudge at times, but actually it's really good when you get into the right network, I believe. And um, I had a network in, in Dublin I used to meet up with. And and then when I came to Gorey, I joined up with a small network in, in Gory. We used to meet once a month. In the last year, I actually did the Acorns program, which is the entrepreneur program for female entrepreneurs. Um, Uh, run by the department of ag and um i met i've met some fabulous women entrepreneurs on that program and they've been a great help to me throughout the whole lockdown and working through um you know meetings now it was all on zoom and everything but it it was really good you know break from the norm to kind of keep that keep that in place and and i think it's really important to keep in contact with people at different stages of your career you know you might have moved on but I think it's important just to have a strong network around you that you can pick up the phone and you can connect people and you can constantly you're you're keeping up to speed about what's going on in 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 the in the workplace and in your kind of area or your field and um, I think that's really really important. And I think I think it's one of the things that I, and this is not so much about education but what I think is really important is that our kids today see that their moms working and women working and being able to work effectively in the you know environment where everything is busy and it's on the go but that they get a balance and they're able to see that it's that mommy can work and that she can see she can still you know be our mom and she can still be around i think that's really important
1: so like you said there, Anya, that um, you want people to come to Wexford as much for the flowers as well as the strawberries. Where could people access Hill flowers or find out more about Hill flowers? So we have
0: them. Um, we, we, they're all 100 percent grown on the slopes of Hill, And what our business model that we're trying to develop is through online and to order the flowers online through tarahillflowers.ie and we have um, a courier system set up and we do some local deliveries as well. But that's the, the model that we have at the moment um, or that we're developing at the moment is to try and get push the business totally online and be a little bit unique about the offering online as well um, in terms of um, fresh Irish homegrown flowers that can be shipped anywhere around Ireland. And we can almost guarantee that we can get flowers within the Leinster region within the next day of ordering. And then with anywhere else in the country, it can be it's within two days um, that we're, we're targeting. And so far, so good. I have to say uh, the courier network within Ireland has improved immensely. And it has given, you know, small businesses like our own to really an opportunity to, to develop and to reach out to markets outside of our, our locality.
1: That's a perfect way to wrap up our conversation today, Anya. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, It's great to get the opportunity to speak to some of the ASA members um, and especially people like yourself with such a vast um, career that has gone down different paths. And it's great to get an insight into your mindset on how your career progressed and I suppose how your mindset changed throughout your career. So thank you very much for joining us, Anya, and best wishes to yourself and Pat and the kids going forward.
0: Thanks, Niamh, and thanks so much for the opportunity to speak to you today.